Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Lineout podcast. Uh, we're doing two this uh, this week. The first two, uh, the first episode will look at the first three tests taking place the, today, uh, this first uh, Saturday of the uh, November test window, and we'll be looking at uh, Italy versus New Zealand, Japan versus Ireland, and. Uh, England versus Tonga. And in the second episode, we'll be looking at Wales, South Africa, France, Argentina, and uh, Scotland, Australia. But yeah, first up, uh, in the first test of the uh, November interna- international uh, autumn international window, it's Italy versus New Zealand. New Zealand coming into the game off the back of a pretty comfortable romp against an under understrength Welsh team uh, last weekend. And before that, uh, 104, uh, 14 thrashing of the U.S. So, uh, and obviously rugby championship winners. So, yeah, looking pretty confident. Um, up against Italy, who uh, a poor Six Nations campaign. Um, and, uh, yeah, not too much to sing about. Uh, a new coach in charge for Italy. Uh, Kieran Crowley, uh, recently of Benetton Treviso, who, yeah, look, admittedly, Benetton Treviso were winners of the Rainbow Cup uh, earlier this year, but uh, prior to that, pretty dismal Pro 14 uh, campaign under Crowley's uh, tutelage. Um, and obviously, here in Canada, we're no strangers to Kieran Crowley for him having coached Canada for quite a while, uh, again, with a fairly spotty record there as well so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on um he's got some good charges at his disposal and he's also working with a lot of players from uh a really revived benetton treviso side who are turning heads in the united rugby championship um and you know a couple of really impressive italian players uh based in england and france so uh with clubs in england and france so you know, it's not all gloom and doom from Italy, but it's a pretty tall order to uh, come ac- against uh, New Zealand uh, today. So, looking at uh, looking at the the lineups for this match, uh, talking points. I can't see much competition in the front row for Italy. Uh, much stronger. Um, effort there from New Zealand, uh, particularly with Dane Coles in at hooker. Uh, not too much contest there. Marco Fuser, David CC in the second rows. You know, there's some potential there, I think. Um, but Tupo Vai and Josh Lord. I don't know too much about Josh Lord, but certainly Tupo Vai has impressed so far this year for New Zealand. It's in the back row, though, where uh, there's some real scope for Italy. Uh, Sebastian Neckery and Michele Lamaro, uh, both with Benetton, both playing really well this season. Uh, look, their work is cut out for them. They're up against Luke Jacobson, uh, who's making a real name for himself so far as a newcomer to the Old Black Camp. And uh, the big talking point of this uh, this match is the return of Sam Kane from injury. Uh, to the back row for New Zealand and also the captaincy. Um, Renato uh, Gimaroli uh, takes up the number eight position. He's a Zebra player. Look, there's been nothing too exciting from uh, Zebra's bottom feeders in the URC. 
and he's up against uh, Hoskins Satutu, which uh, look out. Uh, that's that's an impressive unit for New Zealand. Um, but you know, it starts to look a little bit more exciting for Italy uh, in halfbacks with uh, obviously the talk of the moment in Italy, Paolo Garbisi. Uh, as fly half, he was with Benetton. Uh, he was with, in their Rainbow Cup uh, winning game. But since then, he's moved on to uh, Montpellier. He's doing pretty well there. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot a lot riding, riding um, on him. Uh, he's, you know, he's got to step up to the plate. Stephen Varney, who plays for Gloucester in England. Um, you know, again, competent. Uh, but they're up against a New Zealand unit that, that I really like the look of. Brad Weber at scrum half, Richie Moanga. You know, Richie Moanga, everybody knows what he can do. But Brad Weber, uh, it's like I've said in the blog uh, on several occasions, I really like the look of Brad Weber. I think he's definitely uh, a player that's been overlooked for too long by New Zealand. And I think you're going to see more and more of him in the build, of the build up to the World Cup. So, yeah. And, you know, Garbisi... He's a very, very good player for Italy. I think he can be a bit impulsive. Uh, he doesn't want to be kicking the ball away. Uh, you don't want to be kicking the ball to to New Zealand today. Um, you know, smart plays needed from Garbisi. Uh, he's really got to uh, step up his game in a level of maturity and uh, game management uh, today. Uh, much more, I, I I think, than he's had to do so far in, in his relatively young test career. Uh, hopefully, he'll he'll get the job done, and it'll be a real real growing growing phase for him. So great experience for him. Keep his composure, keep his cool, and he could be very vital to how well or how poorly Italy does today. Uh, and then in the backs, it's it's not a bad. Looking back, uh, set of backs for for Italy. Uh, you've got a lot of guys coming in, um, you know, who who have good overseas experience. Uh, you've got Matteo Minazzi at fullback, who plays for Wasps in England. You've got uh, Federico Mori um, out on the wing with uh, Montiuani. Montiuani really impressing with Benetton at the URC, and uh, Federico Mori. Uh, looking good with Bordeaux. And I really like the center pairing of Marco Zanon and uh, Juan Ignacio uh, Brex. Um, you know, both with Benetton, both sharp units. And I think Brex is, is very much a rising star. Then looking at New Zealand, well, you know, uh, Quinn Dupaya in the centers along with Braden Enner. I think they're both works in progress in a sense for New Zealand, but I still think they're more than a match for anything that Italy can offer. Out on the wings, Severis um, and George Bridge. Uh, Severis was just electric against Wales last weekend, and DMAC, good old Damien McKenzie, shoring up the fullback position. Um, I think your only liability there to be honest, and this is how well, how smart Italy is going to choose to play. This one is George Bridge. Uh, he definitely against South Africa looked vulnerable under the high ball. Uh, maybe that's that's an area that uh, New Zealand can target, but it's got to be very measured. Uh, sorry, that Italy can uh, target against New Zealand, but it's got to be very measured and very careful because um, that's really the only weak, weak link I see there. Uh, good benches. 
for uh, New Zealand, Sam Whitelock, some big names there, David Havili, Jordy Barrett. Uh, very interested to see Finley Christie uh, get a crack at that scrum half uh, off the bench. Uh, he's definitely a player to watch for New Zealand. Very raw, very green right now, but uh, definitely an exciting work in process. For the bench for Italy, uh, Nicolo, Nicolo uh, Canoni, Federico Ruzza, there's, there's some really uh, some really powerful second row replacements. Um so, you know, that can have some impact for Italy, along with Bram Stain uh, and Kellen Braley at uh, scrum half. You know, Carlo Canna, he makes another appearance on the bench. Uh, yeah, I placed stock in him a while ago, but I haven't seen anything with Zebra. And that's really made me feel that uh, he's the way forward. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game for Italy tomorrow. It's their first start out of the blocks, uh, really. Uh, they didn't get much action over the summer. And uh, so this is their first real proper kick at the can since the Six Nations. And I think, you know, as their first go at it, New Zealand is just too much of a tall order. So it's probably going to be one-way traffic for most of the afternoon. But hopefully, you know, everybody as a unit from the Italian side is going to get a chance to gel a bit and set themselves up for hopefully competitive encounters uh, with Argentina and certainly with Uruguay. So result-wise, probably a bit of a foregone conclusion in favor of the men in black. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, an interesting game potentially to watch. I think of the two games at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning Eastern, uh, the next one I'm about to talk to is, is the pick of the two, Ireland versus Japan. Um, I'm going to say it right up. I love watching Japan play rugby. Uh, and the more I've seen of Japan, uh, the more I like. And I think this year, I think they have nothing to apologize for. I think they put in a very good performance against the Lions back in June. Uh, I thought they acquitted themselves uh, with a great deal of credit. Uh, against an Irish side shorn of uh, players that were uh, in the Lions squad, but I thought that was a very competitive game. Uh, it was a very exciting game to watch. Um, and I thought recently against Australia, uh, two weeks ago, I thought Japan, again, had nothing to apologize. You know, that's a rising star uh, in terms of Australia as, as a team. They're getting better and better and better. They look... Uh, they look like they're slowly potentially becoming World Cup contenders in two years' time. And I thought uh, Japan put in an exceptionally credible performance against them. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I, you know, I think it's a strong Irish team, but it's also a strong Japanese team. And these guys have got skill and they've got talent and they play a very exciting brand of rugby. So I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely uh, one of my picks of the weekend. Um, you know, I think ultimately Ireland will, will get the job done and relatively comfortably, but I certainly think if you're looking for a game with lots of entertainment value, this is, this is, this is one you might want to pencil, uh, this is one you might want to highlight on your viewing calendar for the weekend. Um, it's a pretty powerful looking Irish, Irish squad, uh, Andrew Porter and Tad Furlong and props, um, with Rowan and Kelleher at hooker, great to see Kelleher get the start. I'd kind of like to see get Kelleher get the start for the, the entire uh, November series, uh, particularly against New Zealand and Argentina. 
Um, I think he's a good hooker, but he's also, he's just great in the loose. And I think, uh, you know, he's somebody who can compete with the likes of New Zealand's Cody Taylor and Dane Coles. So um, very strong Irish front row, not a shabby Japanese front row. And I think Juwan Koo, uh, I think he's definitely a player to watch um, in the props uh, for Japan, but uh, up against Andrew Porter. But uh, yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. I think it's, it's, it's a fairly comfortable bet that it's it's uh, Ireland to dominate there. Uh, scary looking Irish second row. Uh, Tad Byrne and James Ryan. Uh, Ryan hasn't been quite in the best of form. Uh, he slowly seems to be coming back from the injury niggles he's had over the last year. But I think he's only going to get better now. Uh, and Tad, Tad Byrne, I think, is, he's just having an outstanding year. Um, yeah, the strength, the strength. And I think... Uh, He's going to be very, very key to uh, what Ireland want to achieve over the next three weeks. Uh, James Moore, Ben, and uh, Jack Cornelson. I don't know too much about them. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't offer too much comment on them. Um, Cornelson and, and Moore were in the Australian game, and I think they, they acquitted themselves well. I think... Um, Ireland at home, a slightly different prospect, particularly with the, guy, the likes of uh, Byrne and Ryan. Um, but we'll see how they get on. Uh, back row, uh, Kalen Doris, Josh Vanderfleer, and Jack Conan at number eight. I think the battle between Jack Conan and Kazuki Himeno will be interesting. Himeno, I do rate uh, very highly for Japan. Um, and Conan obviously is, is again, just getting, going from strength to strength. Uh, he's pretty well made that number eight Jersey has, uh, but that's going to be an entertaining battle between those two, uh, very dynamic eights, both of them, uh, Kalen Doris up and coming star for Ireland needs to make a big statement, uh, today. And, uh, Josh Vanderfleer obviously needs no, no, uh, introduction. Lapis Lapiskakny, he's, uh, he's doing well. Uh, he's going to be a workout for uh, Kalen Doris and uh, Ben Gunter. Haven't seen too much of him, so not not really in too much of a position to to comment. In the halfbacks, uh, the big talk is all about um, you know arguably this is Ireland's easiest game of of November, um, but I think you know it's they've also shown Japan a great deal of respect you know having tussled with them uh this summer and and finding it hard going at times they're playing almost the strongest hand they can and i would have thought that it's time for an understudy for uh sexton to make an appearance in this match i actually think um, jack cardi over at connock's going quite well i was surprised maybe not to see him have a crack uh but they've decided to stick with sexton um and uh, Joey Carberry, who really has yet to convince for me, uh, gets the nod on the bench um, at, in the fly half berth. You know, the, the whole talk around Sexton is fascinating. It's like, how long can this guy go? Uh, you know, when the next World Cup rolls around, he's going to be 38. Um, he's playing some good rugby. You can't fault him for that right now. And there certainly seems life in the old dog yet. But... Uh, Ireland have not wrestled with 
finding some sort of long-term replacement for, for Sexton and the, the sands of time are running out quickly. So, you know, I think you can, you can nail it on that uh, Sexton is your man for the autumn series and also the next six nations. But uh, beyond that, some big question marks. We'll see how he gets on. Again, very surprised. Jamison Gibson Park, I thought for a match like this, uh, George Casey could have been a shoe in. Um, yeah, I think there's several options um, for for Ireland here. Um, you know, uh, Luke McGraw from Leinster. Really, really surprised at, at the selection decision with Jameson Gibson Park. Um, you know, you're feeling your two guys in this game who may not make the World Cup, Connor Murray and Jameson Gibson Park. Yeah, uh, a little bit confused by that one. I thought this would have been a golden opportunity to give some of the younger guys a, a kick at the can. Anyway, what do I know? I'm not the coach. Uh, in the backs, it's going to be exciting here. Uh, Fafita for Japan, Ryoto Nakamura, and Tim Lafaeli in the centers. Uh, like I say, Siosea Fita and uh, Dylan Riley, who I don't know too much on the wings. But the big excitement for Japan is the return of Kotaro Matsushima, who is available for this uh, November test window uh, as he currently plays his rugby for Clermont in France. Uh, yeah, Matsushima at fullback, Mr. Excitement for Japan. Uh, he's going to give Hugo Keenan a workout. Um, I cannot wait to, to watch Matsushima in action. There, and I say there's they've got some uh, Nakamura. I think is quite the operator in the center channels. Fafita's got gas, you know. And given Japan's ability to pull off these amazing offloads, that's a bundle of. Uh, Five players of excitement right there. But, you know, evenly matched, uh, definitely with probably more than evenly matched uh, with Ireland's offering. Center channels, you got the big smash and hit with Bundy uh, Aki and the silky hands and running and, and brain of Gary Ringnose, Ringrose in the, the center channels. Um, out on the wings, Andrew Conway and James Lowe. And here's the big issue. I think this is James Lowe's last chance to really uh, step up to the plate because he's a defensive liability out wide for Ireland time and time again. And I think if he struggles against Japan and, you know, guys like Matsushima get the better of him, then that's that's it for Lowe for the, for the rest of the November internationals. And I'd argue probably... Uh, the Six Nations as well. So the pressure is going to be all on him tomorrow, uh, today rather. Uh, it's after midnight here in Toronto. But yeah, the pressure is all going to be on low and he needs a really, really big game tomorrow, uh, today. Uh, and then in the back, it, uh, at the back for, I mean, Andrew Conway, I think defensively out wide for, for Ireland is very strong. And then one of my favorite Irish players right now, uh, Hugo Keenan at fullback. Uh, I just think he's a fantastic player. I was very disappointed that he didn't get a Lions call up. But uh, yeah, this is one of the best things Ireland's got going for them right now. Um, I just love watching him play. He is just, he's fantastic under the eye of ball. He 
punch is way above his weight. He's good defensively. He's uh, great on attack. He's brilliant at the counterattack. He's just, this guy's got it all going on. Uh, him, the battle between him and Matsushima, that's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Uh, then on the benches, you know, then it starts to pull away for, for Ireland. Um, Ken Healy, Finley Bielham, uh, up front with Dan Sheehan getting, getting a shot. Uh, Ian Anderson, uh, second row replacement, uh, Peter, Ma- Peter O'Mahony, Peter O'Mahony, um, in the back row. Connor Murray, uh, scrum half, Joey Carberry, fly half, and Keith Earls. Um, that's powerhouse stuff. Uh, not so much, I think, sadly, for, for Japan's offering. So, yeah, I think that's where Ireland's going to win the game. I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing Keith Earls again. He's had, I've I read in the, the press, there's kind of remarkable story he's had with, with injuries and his recovery and figuring out, you know, what his injury was and a couple of battles with mental health and what a comeback. Um, and I think he's playing some of the best rugby of his career right now. And I think the best thing about it all is he's really enjoying it. I mean, the, the, the pleasure he's having in playing is evident. Um, so great to see him. Like I said, I think he's playing the best rugby of his career right now. Can't wait to see him have at her. And especially when you, when you understand what he's overcome. So, yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, of the three I'm talking about in this episode, uh, the most entertaining game to watch. I think it's Ireland's game to win, uh, but a bit of a tussle on there with Japan. So, yeah, definitely one you will not want to miss if you only get to watch uh, one of the three that I'm talking about in this episode. And then lastly, uh, England-Tonga. I don't think there's any question that England are going to win this game. Poor old Tonga. Um, you know, Tonga produces great rugby players. There is absolutely zero question about that. So I say that in, you know, that England's going to win this comfortably and no disrespect to Tonga, but poor old Tonga is always having to, it seems, cobble together a side. And consequently, what you see whenever you see a Tongan side run out is, is exactly that. It feels like a patch together cobbled together side who haven't been together very long you know they're they're almost playing with one hand behind their back so yeah it's going to be a very tough go for them but i think the big talking point here is with that in mind england's selection policy again uh vis-a-vis eddie jones coach eddie jones um there's just too many of the old stalwarts in there the only real guys who are getting a start as newbies are Adam Redwan and Freddie Stewart. I would have thought you'd seen a lot more guys. Like I know there's an injury niggle with Marcus Smith, which is holding him back. And probably as a result, he's not getting the start. He probably would have otherwise got at fly half. So instead it's Owen Farrell. So I get that, but um, yeah, we'll just run through it here. You know, the front row, there's nothing new there. Ellis Genge, Jamie George and Kyle Sinclair. Uh, Maro Atoje and Johnny Hill in the second rows, nothing really new there. Uh, it's the back row that really throws me for a loop. Um, you know, first of all, what has Sam, poor old Sam Simmons got to do to get a spot on, even on the bench or in the squad? Um, I know that Sam Underhill and Tom Curry, uh, you know, Jones likes the two of them playing together, but I see them playing together as flankers, not Curry at, at eight. 
he didn't work as as an eight um, in the Six Nations, and he didn't work as a number eight on the Lions Tour. So, and you've got Alex Dombrandt, who and Sam Simmons, who were both natural eights. I mean, Dombrandt is in the squad; he's on the bench. But why isn't he starting at number eight? And you pair, uh, you pair Underhill and Curry together on the flanks. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it's just Eddie Jones' as usual bloody mindedness and attitude. Well, I know better than everybody else, and bugger you, mate. And and his rather, yeah, I'm right, bugger you all coaching style. So yeah, I don't get it. Uh, Owen Farrell, Johnny May, sorry, Owen Farrell and, and Ben Youngs. Again, doesn't England have other scrum half options? I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, that's a pretty pedestrian halfback pairing. Um, I don't get it. Uh, I understand holding Marcus Smith back on the bench. I totally get that given the injury concerns, but I would have thought we England had better choices at and again, a game like this, particularly to, to blood some of their younger scrum half talent, especially some of the guys that look good against uh, Canada and the USA this summer. Anyway, what do we know? Uh, again, you know, in the centers, uh, old faces, Manu Tuolagi and Henry Slade. Uh, Eddie Jones seems to be banking his entire World Cup success on a healthy Manu Tuolagi. Tuilagi, and I think you know he's a great player, but the poor guy is so injury prone. He's not England's way forward in the center channels. You got to find some options there, and I I just don't. As gifted as he is, I don't see Tuilagi being it. Uh, you know, Slade, he's good, but again, a game like this, surely England could have could have played some different options. Uh, you know, built some depth. Anyway, moving right along the wings again, Johnny May, you know, hasn't England got got other wingers available that are that are lighting up the premiership? You know, again, not to deny May is, is an absolutely fantastic player. Uh, I'm not denying that for a second. But this is a game that that needs England to develop some depth and opportunity gone begging again. Um but then, yeah, finally, you know, you got Adam Redwine on the wing and Freddie Stewart at, at fullback. I like the look of both of those guys against uh, uh, the USA and particularly against Canada. They look really, really, really sharp. Um, so, yeah, bring it on with those two. Hopefully we're going to see a lot more of them. And I think if they get a big performance today, that could bode work very well for for them getting starting positions in uh in the rest of November, and more importantly, the Six Nations, and therefore some depth for the World Cup. We'll see. A pretty good-looking bench. Again, too many old faces a little bit in the way for me. Joe Marler, um, you know, Charlie Ewells. We've talked about the Alex Dombrandt. I don't get it on the bench, not starting at eight. Um, You know, Alex Mitchell at scrum half. Uh, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some potential there, uh, with, with Northampton. So at least that's a new face. Uh, Marcus Smith, we've talked about and George Furbank at fullback, new talent, but hasn't really delivered. So I guess I can understand Jones's concerns there, but, uh, I thought you could have dug a bit deeper, uh, from England's point of view in terms of depth, but whatever. Like I say, I think it's unfortunately going to be a little bit one-sided for for Tonga. Uh, Kurt Marath at scrum half, uh, sorry, at fly half. 
pretty good there. I think guys to watch are Walter Fita on the wing for uh, Glasgow Warriors and uh, Lopetti Timani, um, who uh, plays for Toulon uh, in the back row. Uh, I think those are going to be two of your, three of your, your big key players for Tonga to keep some credibility on the scoreboard. But yeah, I think sadly they're, their work is cut out for them. And uh, also uh, Lonnie Uila, the bear, for them on the bench at Loosehead. Um, surprised to see him not starting, but I thought as impressive as he was against Scotland, he'd seem to run out of puff pretty quickly. So there you have it. Uh, like I say, of these first three games, uh, I think uh, the big ticket item is Ireland and Japan. I think that's the one you're going to want to catch. And, uh, yeah, some interesting selection decisions vis-a-vis, uh, England, um, and very few surprises in the way that, uh, the rest of the four, Ireland, Italy, New Zealand, Japan have built their squads. But yeah, some good games with definitely Ireland and Japan being the highlight. So enjoy it. And I'll be talking to you in a few minutes, uh, about in many ways, what are the big three of this weekend? Uh, Wales, South Africa, France, Argentina, and Scotland, Australia. So enjoy the rugby this morning, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.